Welcome to another episode of the Dissect Podcast. Today we have uh, a, a great visitor. We have Greg Walsh with us today. Uh, we have the originals here. We got Michael Blevins, Mark Twight, Ross McGarvey, and myself, Paul. Um, really fortunate to have Greg here. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for being here. <clears throat> um, this is pretty cool because he's on a road trip coming <laughs> from New York, uh, literally across America. Uh, I, I, I kind of joked jokingly spoke of it earlier today as the as the Greg Walsh tour. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool yeah. that, he, that he's able to stop here and, and speak with us today. Twice, twice. Yeah, even. yeah. You're gonna come through. Um, come through back through on April seventh uh, for a little a little uh, workshop. You just committed us to launching this podcast prior to April 7th. We oh. talked about that ahead of yeah. time. Okay. We can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have four spots available. <laughs> we could say, okay, so this is getting pushed tomorrow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Says the person that yeah. doesn't have to edit it. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, this will be, be easy. Nice. Er. Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly easier than our last visit together. The, the first time we tried actually recording with Greg was right after the wake. And I believe we had, I can't remember, was it seven or eight people in the room? <laughs> there was least, a couple that happened right, yeah, right after the wake. One of them, I think we had eight. And the other we, one, I think there was, yeah. And, and that's if you don't count the echo as an individual <laughs> yeah. also present in the room at the time. <laughs> yeah. Which, which this Always is, is going to be really cool. Yeah. There is some really great conversation. And uh, now that we have better recording equipment and, and got a little bit of knowledge of what we're doing, uh, that one, as far as uh, audio quality, sounds like complete garbage. <laughs> um, but the conversation was great, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited to revisit some of those things. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to start just first off, uh, we recently had an episode of the, the podcast where we talked about value, or we talked about social media. Um, and we talked about what's valuable in social media. And as we found out, you know, uh, we, our, each, our each list. person had one list of positives, <laughs> one, one, one word, one word yeah, yeah. under pro, and then didn't bother to write down any cons because apparently there's not enough paper <laughs> exactly. or time on a six hour card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one of those things that, that we talked about being a pro with social media was the, the connection aspect that you're able to establish connections with people that that you probably legitimately do have like an actual connection with you just got to highlight it through this social media lens because you get to see people that have this you know similar interests and similar backgrounds um and then you, you basically link up and that was one of my uh, uh probably one of the most valuable things that came out of social media so far was the connection with greg initially it was just kind of this um, loose kind of, I I'd say just social media relationship where we would kind of <laughs> yeah. support each other. And there's like this little friendship thing where I was like, Oh, he's doing cool shit. Um, one thing I, I, I talked about, that's like, Greg, that's, I'm sorry if it happens over social media until you meet in the flesh, it's an acquaintance thing. It's an acquaintance. Right. We can't be friends yeah, okay. until we meet. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fair. That's um, a good way of thinking about it. I think it that's too. the same as Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Your BFFs, you've been messaging. <laughs> no, we're 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 in close proximity, apparently. <laughs> Therefore, we are. <laughs> we're really good friends. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe the friend thing is is not appropriate. But um, still, it's a it's a connection. It's just and and, and the beautiful thing that and. That, that we did point out or did all sort of uh, unanimously agree on during that social media episode was that connection thing. Like yeah. somebody, somebody lights a fire and sort of illuminates their world around them and, and, you know, opens a window to that and we go, Oh, I recognize that. Yeah. I recognize what I'm seeing and I dig it. And I would, you know, there's not that in my life maybe, or I just need, more and one of the things that, that kind of interest me with with greg specifically was his ability to put in words what what has been like circling in my head you know it's like the the things he writes down are, are things that i constantly think of and it's just a it's a voice that i understand so it was really easy to be like oh i like what he's doing you know? and with 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 social media especially i think you know the acquaintance term is definitely a better one but the the less disposable and, and more thoughtful and in my opinion to let the less frequent the posting and the content the more you can actually tell if it's if it's a quote-unquote friend or or just an acquaintance if I'm seeing nothing except pictures of random food someone walking down the street maybe what they wore or something like that you can't really tell very much about about that those are all relatively superficial things but when someone posts um, that's not a le- that's less not a f- often. That's not a fire on a hilltop. That's like a bottle rocket. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's that's like, right. And it's that's shiny, exactly and then it right. you know falls into someone's yard. And and, and it's it's and, and really the way I think about it is just it's disposable. If I saw it, I saw it. If I didn't, I didn't. Nothing was nothing was taken or given. And so yeah, right, mutually. That's that's yeah. what that's what I thought is when I started seeing all of this pop up a little more prevalently. I mean, I'd known of some of you. But that was great because it was clearly not a button pushed. There was something. There was something that went behind that button. There was some. There was some thought and process there. So, yeah, oh, sure. easy, yeah, yeah. easy. And it was it was cool to see that kind of progress. And and once the the sex started initially, I wanted to continue the the learning aspect. Um, and one of our first, if not the first, quote unquote, event that we had was was the wake and we had the wake in September of, of last year and I had a, a, a basically a short list of people that we we wanted to invite and Greg was one of those guys um, that, I, that I wanted to bring in uh, specifically because I, I think he had a different enough uh, perspective that we could all learn a lot from him but it's it's again it's the same language it's 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 a very similar philosophy to uh, what we believe in as well, or I guess I, I can't speak with for everyone, but what I what I believe in, as far as the the, the fitness industry goes and everything, um, it was different enough, but similar enough that that we're speaking the same language. Um, so that was one of the big things, and that was super awesome to have him here for the wake. He he contributed a lot. It was it was really cool to to have him here, and it was, it was that was a that was a kick ass event as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it, it was great, and it was such it was such an easy choice on on my part. I mean, th- there's there's so little thinking going into it, very much in fitness at all. That's something else that I think about often is is I don't even have to 
100% philosophically agree with what someone is doing or even how they're approaching it. But I have a lot of respect for anyone that's doing anything that is thoughtful and different as long as there's some sense that can be made of it. It doesn't all have to be the exact same thing, but it has to contain pieces of the same puzzle. Um, and that's, I mean, it was, it was a no brainer to come out for that. And it was funny. It was really cool. I mean, we, we left it super vague on, on purpose and, and, and honestly, cause we, we wanted to see where it would go and not have an agenda. It was just about getting together with, with a bunch of people that, yeah, we respect and, um, and, uh, admire. So that, that was really cool. And, and then since then we've, we've able to establish an actual, um, what I would call a relationship or a, a friendship. And, um, in January, I, CJ and I from, from the sect, we, we were able to go out and experience Greg's, uh, gym, uh, specifically, um, and, and the people he has with him, uh, have, it was, it was an awesome, it was an awesome trip. And, yeah, that was uh, great. It was really, we, we cool. loved every minute of it. Yeah, Thank it you. It was, it was super, super awesome. Um, one of the things like I, I, I've, I've said numerous times that I, I really appreciate, uh, the time and detail that you put into, uh, cues and describing movements. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, one of my, like one of the coolest things uh, about like your gym specifically are those whiteboards. Um, you know, you got whiteboards literally running essentially pretty much the whole <laughs> wall and it's completely filled with information. And this is not just like random information. This is like very thoughtful information. And it's, it's, it's super cool because anyone can look at it at any time and learn something. I mean, a lot of it is, a lot of it is reference for me, uh, but mo most of it is engineered as reminders to people you know, physically or philosophically, stuff that we can revisit all the time and take a tiny bit of a different piece away uh, each time we look. And um, it also <laughs> it also reminds people that there are things to read as opposed to just things to do. Uh, that that very idea is is pretty valuable. I think the people that get the most out of our program and definitely out of our gym are interested in the on paper the on paper aspect. Yeah, and not not just maybe the on the ground aspect. Not, and, and, and even if you're doing, you know, uh, movements or you're doing things like it, there's, there's a purpose behind it. It's not just going through the motions. It's, it's very purposeful, which again, I appreciate. Um, since then, uh, we, we've got Greg, like I said, he's here right now. He's kind of on this little Greg Walsh tour. Um, <laughs> as, as weird as that is. Yeah, as, as weird as that is. Um, <laughs> Do you have a tour uh, manager? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I probably should have. Uh, I, I made some I made some strategic errors here. <laughs> oh yeah, we still have to figure out your yeah, audio like, you, book like as if you'd had a um, tour manager, then that whole travel thing would have been sorted. You wouldn't have had to have anything to do with it. But yeah, that, you would have true. had to give up half your income. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would sit in the back seat in sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, yeah. So with that, I mean, we, we kind of talked about, you know, how we met and, and where we're at now. I, I would like to talk about kind of where you came from, because I think that's that's super interesting. And it's it's really cool to see um, a lot of us here, how many of us share not necessarily uh, an identical kind of background, but similar interest. And it's, and it's interesting how those similar interests kind of parallel and, and, and now converge. Yeah, I think... Uh, 
a thing I feel I have the most in common with people I enjoy the most is very seldom are they true fitnessers. They didn't necessarily come from fitness. Yeah. Fitness is a gigantic component and sometimes even the, the most notable piece of their public identity. But very few of the people that I have the most respect for are just fitness industry born and bred. And, and, I think mo- most most of the most of the reason behind that is that that's the opposite of what what I am. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I came from as a kid, hardcore music and, and BMX bike riding, so those physical processes, but also those those mental concepts and social concepts, s- stayed with me the entire time and have made have made Wolf Brigade what it is now. Attracted me to something like CrossFit in the early days when I found it out in Long Beach, but then also pulled me away from it as I saw it kind of homogenizing with, with what I wanted to be away from in the first place. Mm-hmm. So kind of going forward in reverse, Wolf Brigade, Wolf Brigade is, is my iteration of what I think a physical and philosophical mix would look like for people that need it for more than just a fitness outlet. There are people that there are people that go to our place that are just training to train, and that's their that's their passion and that's their thing, and that that's fantastic, and and we serve them well. But the people that draw the most, I believe, are are doing things outside of just picking it up, putting it down, and that's that's been a drum I've I've beaten since I was a kid. You know, between playing in bands and and booking shows, and then working in BMX and, and, you know, riding, I'm making air quotes right now, but riding BMX professionally, um, all that kind of stuff. It's none of it is rocket science, but, but none of it is simple. And especially in, in the eras that I came up in, there was very little blue blueprint for any of it. So the idea of doing something independent wasn't as crazy or unique or even, you know, conceptually it wasn't like entrepreneurial it was just it was just what you did if you, if you saw a void you you wanted to make sure that you contributed something uh, to that void and and even moving forward into into where wolf brigade is now that's that's my that's my da- daily that's my daily reflection is are we doing something either a little bit different or a little bit better or at least considering what to do next uh, that that's that's improving something that we're that we're doing or that I've done, um, and that that's also how we approach social media. Just to circle back for a second, we 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 don't just toss anything out there. I don't want to waste people's time. I, if we only have one minute of their day, I don't want to waste that minute. Uh, a minute is a minute, and and a you know thought is a thought. So. I think if only the people that were looking at your stuff thought about their own time that way, we would have a completely different world. <laughs> well, they, they, they've—I mean, they've been—they've been socially engineered not to do that. Mm. It's the—it's the same thing as pe- people <laughs> people complain and gripe about the fact that Google puts up ads next to your email for what you just searched on Amazon a couple minutes before that, and then they buy those things. So the the, pro- <laughs> the problem isn't—I uh, guess I don't really know if it's a problem, but the the concern isn't the ads. The concern is their minute-to-minute susceptibility of simple, mindless marketing. And, and the 
the the fact that they cannot necessarily control the response to that advertising. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like, and yeah, that, I was looking for this, and now you're offering it to me in seven different colors, two of which I didn't know existed before, and I'm kind of enamored of that right now. And goddamn, I should answer this email. No, I no. Gold dice mm-hmm. and vacuum. Wait, it is. <laughs> if I okay, I'd like. So what I'd like, how I'd like it to work personally, is if if I actually buy the thing. There's like a three-day moratorium. Like they can't, sh- they don't show me ads, you know, for 72 hours. Like that's how I get the ads to go away is I buy the thing. But now, now that we said that, they heard it, and now that and, will happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're only listening into the microphone on Michael's phone, as oh. far as we can tell. <laughs> Marketing directly. I just keep Siri on all the time. <laughs> I wonder if you tell, like, hey, Siri, buy me some shit. If it just, like, goes to Google and Google will show you what to buy. The stuff that it's been waiting <laughs> yeah. on. Have you got your vacuum yet, by the way? No, no. But I have been adver- other weird shit. Actually, no, that's that's not true. I got a Dyson vacuum ad uh, a week ago, and I was like, "Oh, there it is." It's just like six months too late or whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I I appreciate, and it, it, one of the nice things that came up during that social media conversation was this idea of actually using it, yeah, mm-hmm. for a specific purpose, and 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 whether that purpose sort of subverts the intent of the thing and it uh, and that's neither here nor there it doesn't doesn't have to be that but to, but to like consciously the conscious use of social media um and then also something that I hadn't considered that you just mentioned is like this conscious look I don't want to waste your time so I will not post yet another photo of moons over my hammy at Denny's right that I right. a slight variation this time because I put an what, what's an, wrong an, with that um <laughs> well you know what, what you after seven, 17 different photos of it at various times of the day you know it's, it gets a little tiresome yeah could, but Mark it was delicious every time yeah and 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 I got a new I got a new vibe on it. I got a new, like twist on that so there's something okay. with the purpose yeah. that's really interesting in what you do and maybe this is part of the subject, but you said something a little bit ago about there's not much thinking going on in fitness. And I think I I would probably change that a little bit and just say the thinking is just towards something totally different. Like people are thinking about fitness or, or any given subject, but they're usually trying to extrapolate, like, how do I get more followers out of my fitness? How do I get more money from fitness as opposed to thinking about what fitness does for your brain or for your life or you know other than the the superficial thing is like oh man if i if i run 30 minutes a day like yeah. the doctor says i'm not going to die tomorrow as opposed to i think what what is it, the similarity is the things that we're thinking about are integral to being i wouldn't even say a better human being because in most cases i don't think i am a better human being i'm just a, a different human being than than the complacency human being that I was when I was just reacting to Google and doing whatever my voice told like, me to. I, I guess the, the way the way I would change that, and I guess something I assume and definitely shouldn't be, is when I say thinking about fitness, I guess what I mean is people are not thinking about the evolutionary process of fitness or their training or what their trainers are offering them. Or as trainers, how can they improve movements? How can they improve people's mental relationship with their training day how can they improve their response to the training day so yeah i mean people are thinking about what shoes they wear so they can (laughs) lift better or lose weight or look better or look look or or lift more or whatever the case is whoa whoa, whoa, time out time out there are shoes that will help me lose weight yeah yeah haven't you (laughs) seen reebok reebok what are the curve the ones that was they got sued for yeah no i was the 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 
like super soft shoes? See, I already I tried this in the '90s. I had a line of shoes, and each shoe weighed a kilo. <laughs> it was kind of like an ankle weight. I like and um, turns out, you know, people would pick them up and they just go, "God damn, this whole weight losing weight thing is not for me." If this is what I have to do. Do, I'm just do, you know not into it. do you know how that wouldn't probably it would it would even though that would be the essentially the mechanical or physiological way that you'd be like hey let's design a shoe to lose weight okay let's just add resistance but what would really happen is how I experimented with wearing I experimented with wearing an 80 pound vest for a whole day <laughs> like just to see like what what the yeah. fuck would happen first of all holy shit that was hard Second of all, yeah, I just, I, I, what I noticed is that instead it didn't cost me anything. I was a little bit sore from like the weird position, but what happened at the end, of, I just found my body subconsciously found more efficient ways of resting. So I started sitting down more. I started like leaning up against walls. I started like, there's a, you just are automatically in tune with not giving out energy expenditure oh. like that, that tends to be the thing and i wonder how many so then you take the vest off and you've retained all those habits those slothful <laughs> yeah. habits you developed over the course totally. of the now, day just and now you're just gaining more weight yeah <laughs> so leaning on the table me, yeah. every every possible chance that that's what i came to i was because my idea was like maybe this could be very useful it's not i don't i don't think that it is other than if you think about your habits that are going if you're thinking about why you're doing something and i think that's Really, the relationship to the, most of the stuff that you put out, Greg, is very in tune with um, the introspection that goes into this stuff. Like, yeah. not not just you know, I, I added, uh, you know, I got stronger or I got more fit. Like, I, I'm able to approach the world as a more capable person, which is rare in itself. Like, if somebody is just obsessed with the the um, bare minimum of what fitness can do to you, they still have kind of a world viewpoint of like. Well, you're already fit to like somebody like Paul who is lean and, and strong and fit. And they think like once you're there, that arrival allows you not to do that thing anymore. It frees up other avenues because you've accomplished the thing. And then they could just like from point B go to point C. Well, that is not that. Which is, is a vacation home, I think. Is that by, the next? by far not even just a novice or intermediate mindset. <laughs> that that is, that, is a, that is a mindset that most of the high level Air, oh, yeah. air quotes high level most progressive thinkers in fitness apply all the time yeah. it's it's a reason that there was such a gigantic stop in in details of things like kettlebell lifting mm -hmm. or mace instruction or even seamless integration of <laughs> barbell lifting with kettlebell and mace instruction because no one needed to make that progress because they were either making enough money or making people fit enough or making people strong enough and and hadn't really considered that there may be a different way to balance the scales that could that could when when you're looking at the linear progression as not simply a lift but as more of like a global linear progression or a curriculum based linear progression the progress has to be different it can't just be one lift one cue one progress it has to be more of a more of a gen, more of a generalist process and 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 that's what you said is not something that just beginners get stuck in. Everyone everyone gets stuck in that. In, in probably every category, in any age demographic, it's like the death of humanity to me. It's like the idea that you can arrive, or, or that there's some kind of like A B C thing, and then you arrive, and then once that's accomplished, you do the next thing. And 
I can't think of anything that actually plays out like that. Education doesn't play out like that. Schooling, any of this stuff. But the, the refusal to arrive is 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 constantly frustrating. It's like a, it's I guess it's like accepting a life of attrition, because you're o- you're always going to be striving for something you never really get to, and even when you get there, you're going to be saying, well, if I sit back and pause and practice this, there's a next place to go, but I don't know what it looks like. So it's, I understand I understand very clearly why people don't hunt for it. Because you don't really want to find it. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say that that's a, the, the um, allegory to actually hunting. Like, oh, I'm going to go hunt a bear. And then when you actually see the bear, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the God takeaway damn, there a, is don't a, hunt a bear. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> the gun I brought now seems inefficient. <laughs> I should have brought the RPG. <laughs> so it should have gone. I, it, that's an interesting point. And then I, I think the other thing that interests me about how you got started in this thing, because I think it's worth noting that um, fitness was not the goal. Uh, fitness was a corollary that was needed in order to do the thing that you considered a goal at the time, which yeah. is BMX and I don't know, windmill kicking at a hardcore show. Is that <laughs> <laughs> no, we had no, there was actually a point at which we were going to a lot of shows in Syracuse and, and a lot of that windmill type dancing had become kind of prevalent. So I actually practiced how to grab them up. <laughs> so so we we were kind of we were kind of engineering how to slow that process down um but but and anyway 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 hey, it uh, takes we, a lot we, of isolation we, exercises we can make fun of hardcore later um <laughs> or, or not make fun of it duck i love the windmill it. sweep the leg yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. isn't that isn't that a sweep yeah. the leg isn't that sweep a, the leg yeah. johnny um but 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 re- really the 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 bmx side of things taught me that i needed sh- strength and recovery and then uh, martial arts uh, more more traditional martial arts when I was a little younger and then you know Kempo karate until I found Muay Thai grappling started showing me that that conditioning from riding your bike around the same way you had for 20 years had kind of developed a movement pattern that didn't transfer to much else <laughs> uh, uh, riding a tiny kid's bike downstairs really fast uh, and quite messily did not transfer to kickboxing shockingly so so but, but my eyes opened up quickly to that getting off the bike partway down the stairs yeah, yeah. and continuing down the stairs yeah. without the bike under you was a lot like getting the shit kicked out of you yes and it's really funny so, that you mentioned that because because one of the things that i believe one of the only physical attributes bmx gave me that would be considered a positive is just that baseline durability yeah um you're not gonna hit my shins harder than my bike did i think uh, it's a, a durability and just a pain threshold you yeah, know what yeah. i mean it's like yeah it, we're, all we're doing training any anyway is just increasing some sort of threshold and it, that that is exactly where I was going. But, is it gives you it but, gives you a uh, but I think a new the, the psychological piece that comes from it though is something. I mean, and and, and Rodney Mullen has actually given a you know bunch of t- talks on this about getting up, about like wrecking on a skateboard over and over and over and over again to practice these tricks and that sort of thing, and that you just keep getting up, and that's what you you know learn from skateboarding. But also, I'm you know, I would suspect, you know, BMX is that, yeah, for it, sure. except that the wrecks are worse. You just, you, you, go, you go down with the ship. It's tough. And I mean, oh, yeah, there's it, a crank involved. It, yeah. Teeth. It's not fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, between, 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 you know, grip strength and durability is that gigantic piece of everything hurts. 
the bike the bikes especially when we were growing up were extremely heavy so uh, th- there's just there's a lot of negative things there that I learned quickly needed to be unwound with 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 strength training and things like that but but as far as I mean you know durability okay when I didn't have <laughs> when I didn't have health insurance and I was a kid I gave myself some stitches a couple of times nothing is going to be worse than that um <laughs> it's terrible it's a terrible idea then it's a terrible idea now like Rambo um, you wa- you walk home you walk home from whatever hospital you gave a fake name to in an air cast because you don't have health insurance and there's no one around to help you i mean it 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 wasn't romantic or or even thought about as crazy or anything at the time it was just it was just what you did we we rode bmx we we got hurt we got back up we did it again and 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 that was really that and i mean my my approach my approach to most things is is really almost that simple it's either going to work or it's not and and if it doesn't work i might die (laughs) (laughs) perhaps people will gloss over that fact that durability issue um especially if they haven't had anything that they care about um i guess deep enough or um longingly enough to like okay this thing that i really like doing hurts me and that hurt yeah, is overcome by my love that I can too. So you see the opposite thing when people are like, oh, I got to get fixed as a side effect to being a fat fuck or being a lazy fuck or being, yeah. you know, a- any kind of whatever answer you get. You could just be, a, you know, oh, I found this thing and now I need to do it. Uh, the second you get hurt, that that there's nothing there attaching you to like get up again and go. Um, but be, I, I think if you've done it on a bike, um, and you've seen the benefit of getting up even when you're hurt, even after you've done your own stitches and you've continued to do this thing and you've seen the progress that comes out of that, not just the physical, uh, but the, the mental lessons that come out of that. Like, oh, I'm not going to die just because I banged my shin up. But I see it with people all the time. Like they'll jump on a box, miss it, hit their shin. Everybody sees this and you go, ooh, how are they going to, I know they're going to be fine. No matter how much skin is missing. Like I've seen some bad ones, but probably none as bad as that I've done to myself. Um, And I always wonder like, what's a reaction going to be? And we we had this, a couple, a guy a couple weeks ago did it, except he did something totally weird. Like I think he, he jumped um, and he somehow ended up with the box on top of him. And I was just like, instead of wondering like, I wonder how long it's going to take for him to heal. I was just like, how the fuck did he do that? But, (laughs) but the fact he got up and he was limping around and he just gave up immediately. Okay, what can we do instead of that? Because I just hurt myself. And I was like, oh, well, there's your personality shining through. Like, as opposed to somebody that I would take like you or you or, you, or anybody else that I that I would, you know, deem well, respectable. any coordinated up. person is <laughs> not going to end up with a box on top of them after a failed box sure, jump. Sure, but first what of if, all. So how but, closely correlated is uh, coordination to quitting? Getting back. Yeah, quit. Like, th- that. Yeah. Good. Like one is I, I was I was not good at BMX riding. I mean, I I I got somewhere, but but by by no means. I mean, there are people we've all seen them that just get on anything and it it goes and it looks like it's supposed to and it looks like they're just doing it effortlessly. That was not me, you know. And and <laughs> I, I don't know I, if that was anyone in this room. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's how he has the point. Maybe not. You know? and, and maybe Paul, who just tried to ride, I rolled a, a, a 45-pound plate out to the bar because I'm lazy, and he tried to ride it, and he almost did. And I was like, oh, that's the kid who can just do yeah. things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 I had an interesting conversation <clears throat> with uh, a guy who owns a, a skateboard brand yesterday, <clears throat> and it's called Destroyer, and their tagline is um, destroy what you love. And I was like, okay, talk to me about that. Like, 
where does that come from? He's like, because kids need to understand that there's pain involved with progressing into something that they love. And he's actually friends with Jeremy Jones and I think Jeremy was involved. Yeah. And, and that, phrasing, that phrasing is so excellent too because mm. in, in describing some of these things I was talking about, it, it has nothing to do with with you know this chest beating i'm tough someone else is tough you know the the people who are who are getting Roddy Mullen who's gotten up 6 million times off the ground trying some of these like technical things that still no one to this day has ever even done there there's there's not a concept of i'm tougher therefore i'm better the concept is is you know i love this enough to want to make progress regardless of if it's working well or working poorly or if it's raining or if i'm broke or if I'm in a Honda Civic with six people driving 2,000 miles. <laughs> or if I'm broken. Yeah. Or broken, right. And, this, and it's, it's just, yeah. there's a relativity to it. And, and that, that, yeah, that's a, great way of, that's a great way of phrasing it. I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was great because, I mean, he's, he's probably like our age, probably late 30s, and he's just like, this. Our, our age. Well, I, I'm, you're an honorary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I'm honorary <laughs> young guy. Late, late 30s. <laughs> honorary. Like, with, that, with that imposing mullet that's coming in, yeah, yeah. you're definitely there. Yeah, as soon as. Yeah. Um, the only thing better than a gray mullet is a gray skullet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just say it. And uh, I thought I, you guys were going to try this with no editing. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're, this is. <laughs> this has an we, explicit rating. You know, oh. just because, like, <laughs> yeah, some things just have to be. That's and, right. That's oh, were right. we supposed to try to edit ourselves? Is that That's right? Thing? I, Is it edit or audit? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're audited daily. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, you know, yeah, the, the only thing better than a gray mullet is a gray mullet in a red Miata. <laughs> <laughs> so the Audi's out. Flowing. The Audi is out. I mean, Flowing German, God, come on. I mean, it's yeah. like just, I, yeah, the Maybe convertible, a that gray say. mullet blowing in the wind, driving, I don't know, there's not really a, equivalent to the pch here in utah so <laughs> i mean the, the, the i-80 is beautiful this time of year all 1800 miles of it yeah yeah <laughs> just just As just wait know. till you enjoy that uh, actually you're gonna miss one though you won't quite miss it you'll be you'll you'll get to see the uh the salt lake reno trajectory of oh, uh -huh. the i-80 it's pro uh, it's probably just as beautiful <laughs> if not more yeah. whether you yeah. drive it see but it's very different driving east to west than west to east well, i'm gonna get both yeah you, as as luck would have it as as luck yeah. would have it yeah embracing the experience My savoring gosh. that's what the, the, I yeah. has to the glass is half full because if you live east of reno <laughs> the west to east drive is so much better <laughs> in my head we just went from away. destroy what you love to driving to reno which brings me to like why do you hate yourself no, <laughs> yeah that's right yeah that's right <laughs> love hey. to destroy yourself yeah. <laughs> how, how many hours is on that car <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I do have a question with fitness did, did you start training uh because of bmx or was it after you kind of got done with BMX and you needed something to fill kind of that void or what was that? No, no. So, so, so BMX and martial arts overlapped and I mean, I okay. still ride BMX. I don't do it as well or as often, um, or, or as, or as dangerously, that's for sure. But, but, uh, martial arts and BMX overlapped for quite a long time. And, you know, I, I, I took a little Aikido when I still lived in Rochester before I moved out to California in 1999. And then as soon as I got to California, I, I, 
started taking Kenpo Karate uh, at a really great place. My instructor was Carlos Macias, great guy. I would pay him privately and we would do some grappling training. And then, then I started, you know, quote unquote, working out, knowing that I needed to be stronger and more fit. But I didn't know what that looked like. I, I knew what the machines looked like. And then I knew that some stuff made more sense to me than others just based on the fact that I needed to move a bike, which was an uncontrollable external object. Okay. So never did I really sit on machines and like do that that type of weird thing. Even just what I did with my hand showed you I've probably never done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they but, don't even but, know how yeah. to work this thing. Um, it's like wax on, wax off. Yeah, there's no machine that does that. <laughs> but, but once, once uh, my God, one, one, once I found my gym, uh, integrated martial arts and, and CrossFit Long Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. That, that, was, that was when the scale tipped and, and, and they were, my instructors again, they're probably, they, if they ever listen to these things, they're probably sick of me talking about them, but uh, I just feel so fortunate and I will always be so indebted to them. Um, Travis Downing and Joe Pena, they were, they were in, in the second ever CrossFit certification uh, they were two of two of eight or whatever those tiny classes yeah, were classes at the time, were small back in, and the, and they just they embraced the philosophy, but they also immediately were critical thinking the philosophy, and and they were they were martial artists and, and military guys, and and um, it, I was just I just don't think I could have gotten more lucky uh, because they didn't they there was no playbook, so we constructed we constructed one, and I say we you know kind of in quotes as well they were. I was sitting patiently watching, and they were as they as they called it, hardwiring me. Um, so, so the the fit the the real fitness thing came once I found more combat sports style martial arts. The the, the traditional martial arts and and the little bit of grappling I was doing were 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 clear indicators that I needed something, but I didn't know what that looked like until uh, someone kicked me and knocked me down and choked me and. And yeah. then you realize you needed more than you have. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's where that yeah, started. As the but, tunnel vision began, yeah, yeah, I right. realized I... Yeah, that's right. The, the, before yeah. I was snoring. Yeah. I could just imagine somebody getting choked out and being like, man, I need that one machine where I just like crank it as many times as I can. I need that to fix this problem well, and, of dying. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> not to immediately turn something serious that was a joke because I think that's what I do. I'm, I'm 0% fun. I'm not sure if anyone knew that. <laughs> um, but, but my, my first response to that style martial arts training was I need, uh, a different type of durability and a different type of mental clarity. You know, B BMX gave me one very specific type of mental and physical skill set, and it was, it was valuable and interesting, but, but that was different. You had to be, you had to be patient, but you also had to be kind of opportunistic and, and you're, you're your ability to endure frustration had to be ex extremely difficult. A bike is a bike. It's inanimate. At, at some level, if you put it in your trunk, it shuts the fuck up. But if someone is consistently choking you and kicking you and they're half your size. I don't know. I find that when you, most people, when you put them in the trunk, <laughs> they get, they get real quiet. <laughs> I mean, there's some thumping, you know, for a little bit and then it just stops. Did, did you like right, how I on. threw that ball right yeah. up waiting for you to hit it? Yeah, it was a very slow pitch. I was just like, who's going to hit this one? It depends on how <laughs> ventilated the trunk is. I yeah, think. if you've no. got that glow in the dark handle, just which I a, disable immediately on every car I buy, hit a, hit a, it off. Yep. Yeah, hit a Walmart. Our parking lot at full blast and just go over those speed bumps and then they get quiet. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they know they're on the way to Walmart and you know, like 
<laughs> their life will end there. So. I was going to say, well, what is the fate worse than death in a trunk? Yeah, to end up getting kicked right. out of the trunk in front of Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Back to that. Well, they, yeah. They've seen that peoplewalmart.com oh. website. Have you seen? I have, I have not. Oh, you should partake. It's I, uh, hobo with a shotgun. One. <laughs> yeah. No, no. They People live. Walmart. They, they live. They yeah. live. One. Well, that's for. That's, oh, that's just for. Oh, that's just yeah. Walmart. Okay. Yeah. Not everybody should watch that. Do not watch that subversive movie, please. No, no that's true. Obey. Stay in line. If people start critical thinking, what we're doing gets extremely less valuable. That's right. So <laughs> we need to keep them herd minded and fucking quiet. Uh, I, okay. So bigger trunks. Is, <laughs> yeah. More yeah. people. Yes. <laughs> in the trunk. In the trunk. Yeah. Okay. See, you say 0% fun, it's man, funny. but we can get you to have fun. Right. Know, I'm pretty sure. sure. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 3% right now. Okay. <laughs> and you're struggling to regulate yourself. <laughs> it's like, man, well, it's hit, because he, he I don't talk out loud this much, and I don't think I've smiled this much since when was, when was I here last? Probably since then. Yeah. Wait, what about Davenport, Iowa, when you drove through there? Weren't you smiling? <laughs> or, or at least smiling when you saw in your rearview mirror. Oh, oh my goodness. Davenport. Nothing against Iowa. Personally, I just know that, you know, I smiled on the way through Davenport and then uh-huh. walk, and then had a triple rollover somewhere in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Should have stayed. Should've. Yeah. You shouldn't have made fun of Iowa. <laughs> and I did. It shouldn't yeah. have. It fucking jinxed, jinxed you. <laughs> it jinxed me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I just thought about living in an Iowa and I just got super depressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. No, literally, just like thinking about I drove from Nebraska one time. That's all it took. I'm like, I'm never coming here ever again. Google will send you something to cheer you up momentarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy it at Walmart, though. Yeah. Um, th- there is a, there's something about, like, my favorite thing about Iowa was a joke. <laughs> it, was from the cl- it was from climbing days, and there was a, there was a, um, a, a guidebook specifically um for climbers that lived in iowa it was called the long drives <laughs> that's pretty good yeah but but the, uh, you know and part two the yeah. long drive out of iowa yeah, the long drive, yeah. but you know I, I do have a, a very dear friend who actually grew up as a climber in iowa wow yeah, yeah. he turned out all right yeah. Do, does he still live there or no no no, 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 no. He lives lives out west now <laughs> out west yeah. is where it's good which is where you're heading yeah that, yeah that, that's where that's yep that's where i'm heading so before we went on this long tangent about shitting on iowa <laughs> <laughs> and how was it weird it was weird and funny how did that happen yeah <laughs> and we were talking about how not fun i am so i will take that and use it as a segue into the into the drop some serious <laughs> something let's serious take it down into like two percent fun In, into the into the fact that that one thing that i've made it really intentional is is that in enjoying and developing this detailed process that we have that my instructors uh, helped construct in me that it it's never gotten to the point of this sciency overly worded paralysis by analysis Mm -hmm. that it's only attractive to those willing to do six hours of science to figure out what they're lifting and why. Um, Because I think that's, that's the other side of the equation. And I I never really want to be, I never really want to be mistaken as that, the, the, the details that we develop and improve and apply are ultra simple, never easy and 
infinitely scalable, but it, 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 it doesn't have to be this high science, dramatically intelligent way of looking at things. It's, it's just pulling all those pieces out and bringing it back down to the rudiments of what the movement pattern is, what the energy system is, and then trying to make sure that you can apply that to, to, to anyone that, that needs it. So, so while we definitely like to think about what we're doing in a, in a really serious way, what it really is, is, is just pulling as much out of it as we possibly can and boiling it down to the simplest possible pieces. Well, I think what, um, that's a fascinating point that Oingo Boingo brought up years ago about being blinded by science, but the, uh, it it's a Thomas, Dan Thomas, Thomas Dolby. <laughs> oh, okay. He Sorry. Would, yeah. It's not yeah. dead man's party. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I was mixing up the tune. Um, it, only a lad. <laughs> See now, but you'd have to go to the first four song EP for that. <laughs> if you just were like, if you were just into Oingo Boingo for the greatest hits, you would have missed that one. Hmm. I, I'm sorry. I was like a third wave <laughs> is, listener. Is that more, more homework? <laughs> I was mostly um, only I, just I would it. not recommend going back to that period <laughs> music necessarily. You're better off just going oh. through Danny Elfman's best hits, which are mostly like the Simpsons theme song. <laughs> hey, he did that. Uh, was it Wanted? Did he not do the soundtrack for? He did. For, he's probably wanted? done. I mean, he did the last. Uh, he did Justice League too. <laughs> what, are <we> <laughs> what, are, what are we talking? What are we talking about? It's like, oh, you just don't know. So Danny Elfman speaks okay. the man who got. You know, says the guy who got rickrolled today. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the, the the scientific thing is is interesting because I I would bring up this point. You you, you somehow as a coach need some sort of scientific literacy, but not so. And this get like the the price that it takes to learn that stuff can derail you on its u- utility in the actual gym. In most cases, and you highlighted that really well. And I would point out that most people don't realize that um, most endurance athletes know more about how the brain actually works than most neuroscientists, although they lack the language to actually describe it. They but can- the whole science thing, boil it down to something simple. I mean, it just, I, I, uh, it, it took a decade for me to do that. I was just like, yeah, I need to know what does what. <laughs> what does what and why. And it, how? No, but I don't need what how to turn does, it. What it doesn't, it doesn't matter why. You know, you know look, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if the, the what is the what. I mean, and uh, and the how and, will happen and, when I do the what. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, and yeah. then I'll learn why. So, but, <laughs> yeah. But, but but the simplification is the thing is is part of it. And and, and yeah, you you have to have I like that scientific literacy. That was very yeah. that was very tasty. Um, <laughs> but the but the idea is that it, it seems like most of what you are doing Greg is is um, is coming from the, um, the the actual act the application of like okay we've, we've seen this work over and over and over and over again yeah I can go through and do some research to figure out sort of why that is but the people who are actually doing the thing don't need to know that I might need to know that for some reason in order to further distill what we are doing or to maybe explore some other avenues but in the end a lot of times, you know, I found that especially when I started, you know, teaching fitness to other people that I was using this, you know, science stuff that I read to just to, you know, so that it, I could justify my opinions in some way. And the, the things that I was teaching were stuff that I had, you know, learned experientially, if you yeah. will. Um, and then in order to teach them, I thought, oh, I need to know why this is. And so now I got to go spend a bunch of time with the books and this and that. But when I'm actually applying it, you know, physically 
in action that goes out the window it 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 does it it does it's it's like basically taking it's basically taking high common denominator stuff and then vetting it through like personal experimentation personal practice and and at that point once you've distilled it enough and long enough it it almost becomes like this you know kind of like observational non-science so it's it's it couldn't be it couldn't be quantified in a book that any smart person is going to buy and read but i can prove it on a scale with anyone on earth in front of anyone on earth alongside any coach on earth and and that's something that i wouldn't have said five or six years ago certainly nothing i would have said 10 years ago and certainly nothing i ever thought would happen 15 or 16 years ago when this whole process started but but now i mean we've we've trained th- thousands and thousands of of people in a, in a mindful specific way and and i've experimented on myself and other willing participants any positive thing any flaw any inconsistency any mobility deficiency and so it's it eventually becomes it eventually becomes kind of a like you said it's like an observational science you you're 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 seeing something enough where it becomes a semi fact and then trying to prove it on yourself um, or, or or going to explore um, okay why why what why am I seeing this right like right, these, right. these results yeah, what are, yeah. what are the sort of physiological underpinnings or, or whatever and again I need to know that to know that my feet are on solid ground, but you as a trainee just, um, just do j- it. Just need to keep doing the well, thing. Well, it's like self-defense, <laughs> con- it's yeah, like I self-defense mean. concepts. You've, you've got to take really high common denominator stuff. I said, no, 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 no. That's the first concept, right? I no, said no. Knowing that, <laughs> knowing that the chances of someone throwing a spinning round kick <laughs> <laughs> or slowly addressing you with a knife or something are, are microscopic, but the chances of someone shoving you, grabbing you, or throwing a haymaker are are insurmountable. Yeah, and and it's the same. It's the same with it's. I mean, it's similar but different, of course. But with every movement pattern, there, there's a few things that are really pretty much going to happen. And <laughs> there's and only then, a, a few ways the body can move legitimately, and everything else just is a combination of those movements. Yeah, I I got a question as far as um, when you're kind of talking about the history. Uh, at what point did Wolf Brigade happen, and what what inspired that, or what what initiated Wolf Brigade and you to go um, from LA back to Rochester? Oh, thank you. Yeah, so 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 we had we had uh, integrated martial arts in CrossFit Long Beach, and and I was out there. I had a, a, a bike company out there. When I moved out there, I had my only adult real job running a bike company for someone else. That fell out. We started our own thing. I was just significantly outgunned. M- making making BMX parts and accessories at that time was, was something that was largely done by bigger companies with a lot of great overseas connections and funding different than what we had, which was none. So, so we, we had a, we had a, um, we had a strong reputation coming off of my work at this other company. I had, um, enough money to at least make a run at the project because I was resourceful and had saved money from the other, from the other real job. And so I did that for a while and then started realizing that well, we also had a couple projects in Rochester. I, instead of buying a house in the fledgling, growing Long Beach housing market, I opened a record store in Rochester, New York, called Hell on Earth. 
that was a terrible decision. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and and we also we also were on the cusp of of having a commercial print shop. So you opened a record store coincident with the death of vinyl. Well, <laughs> so I don't know what the exact year it died. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't either. I just know that we we were we were what is it now eighteen. So so the store was the store was oh three to oh six. Um, oh, vinyl was long dead by that point. Yeah, you should so, have seen that. Just <laughs> so, so we and it always, didn't start to come back until what 2010. God damn maybe. it! Maybe it was maybe it was 07. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but but anyway, so as a kid, we wanted we wanted like that little hybrid store. We wanted a yeah. record store with bike parts and and cool shirts and cookies and books and whatever. So there was a spot available to us. We made it. It, it was it was really really great and. Uh, I take as much responsibility as anyone else involved for it failing, but ultimately the employees that we chose to work there were really fucking lazy. And they, they, they were the, they were the primary reasons we did it in the first place. Were they beta, beta millennials? Beta? There's an alpha millennial? If that that was a thing, if that was a thing at the time, um, they, they were what I what I call them is is Rochester casualties, and it, it's people it's people with <laughs> it's people with like gigantic amounts of talent that will never get where they are actually capable of going because they don't see the worldview of of where that talent could get them. Millennials, okay, that's just like every <laughs> okay. every person ever. <laughs> oh, I've had many painful conversations in the last two weeks, all about people not even attempting to reach their potential. But is yeah, that so? Is that a recognition thing, or is that like, oh yeah, I could do this, but I'd rather not? It's, like, it's <clears throat> it's a combination. I mean, certainly, like it, it. I don't know what it was like back then, but now it's like if people aren't high five for doing the basics, they're kind of like, but but what? But what about me? But I, what are they gonna fucking do? Like, I'm high five for breathing, man. They showed up. You should be grateful. With 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 in this particular situation, it was a lot more just like. Rochester, the underground scene in Rochester was really just like this self-deprecating, really negative s- scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it always was. With hardcore growing up with that, the BMX scene there was extremely small. Hardcore scene was very small. Um, I, I was I was a, a, a big proponent of either of those things, both existing and continuing. I, I mean, on, on, a, was like no on a global feet. sort of scale, hardcore everywhere is small. Hardcore. Yeah. BMX yeah. everywhere yeah. is small. Yeah. So you were just... Like it was small of small. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of, you know, not popular in the mainstream sort of things. I mean, obviously yep. it's going to be a little bit. And especially, especially anyway. then too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, end of a boring story. Record store closed. I shouldn't have spent money on that. The, the commercial print shop was going well. Um, and I thought that coming back to Rochester would help me work a little bit better on that. And, and at the time... I had this I had this idea about Wolf Brigade and and I knew that it wasn't going to happen in California. It wasn't going to happen in in Southern California. The 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 the, the cost <laughs> way too dark of a disposition for the sunny well, No, honestly I, I think <laughs> I, I, mean, I see it. I, you need a tougher climate. Well, true, way. true and also also like, yeah. just from a sheer factual standpoint the, the experimentation of trying something like that had to happen in a place where I could where I could afford to you could experiment. Afford, afford yeah. to experiment. Yeah. Um, I mean, we started in the park. I drove. I drove. Um, I drove my car to New York from from California, and and that 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 I believe I arrived on a Monday or a Tuesday, and that Wednesday, 
we had a 6 p.m. class at, at number one school. And, and what we had was three or four medicine balls and a couple kettlebells and some of the maces that we still use. And, and we ran just a really rudimentary strength and conditioning in, in the park that, that really didn't look much different than what we do now minus some equipment and some and some weight shelter <laughs> yeah that's right yeah roof lights some walls you know? um and then and then we moved into small spaces from there and 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 so the the idea was the idea was growing when i was out in california and then and then you know mid 2008 um came to fruition and then <laughs> And uh, probably all that spaces. cash that you made in California <laughs> bought you a super nice <laughs> home in Rochester. Yeah, the, the apartment that I love my apartment, yeah. but no, I mean, I've, 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 I have definitely made uh, a lot of the real people sacrifices uh, for for a lot of what this stuff is and, and has been. Um, I I am extremely bad at monetizing and capitalizing on things, and I'm trying to improve on that because at this point it's 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 semi-necessity but but i've 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 just never mm. wanted that to be the focus and i think both good and bad hallelujah you know B, bmx and, and hardcore they almost they almost make that a stigma that you don't think about that yeah. mm -hmm. so so in a way in a way that may have been both positive and negative <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, i i <laughs> Yeah, I resemble that remark. I know, I know, I know that. I'll, 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 I can I know yeah, that. Yeah, but and, and I and I would agree that at a certain point it becomes a, it becomes a necessity, and whether that adaptation occurs or not is it 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 also maybe isn't up to you or up to me to you know or whatever it's it, it's um but not putting it becomes a habit not to put money first. Like yeah. if, especially, yeah. you know, participating in sort of marginal activities, if you are, you know, activities that are socially marginal. <laughs> marginal you know, activities. <laughs> Holy crap. I, what an I, awesome way of putting that. <laughs> yeah. What time can I? Both go for the phone. Unit. Everyone should be writing that down. Yeah. And then yeah. what time tonight are we finding a tattoo machine for you to put that on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just written in old E across our yeah. bellies, marginal <laughs> activities. Yeah. Or just marginal. And then someone has, else has activities. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's once we find up. the tattoo machine, Paul can tattoo disappointed, not surprised on me. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's, been, that's, been, that's been long coming as well. <laughs> I can do that. I, I have a, a, real, a, good, a good friend um, who we're, I don't remember. It was a guy that I guided in the mountains quite a bit. He's been a business advisor. He's been a mountain bike mentor. He's um, been, a, been a dear, dear friend. And, and some many years ago, 15, 20, I don't know. He, he dropped on me. He just said, nothing has disappointed me more than my fellow man. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're fucking, wow, you just took the prize. I, was, I, had, the, yeah, I okay. had like the dark title yeah. at that time. <laughs> that is and a fucking wet bag of sand, man. Oh, There's no escaping oh, that. Wow. That's the kind of misanthrope that I can appreciate. But it just, it just it, it kept proving true. Like, oh, that's where my disappointment comes from. That's where my anger comes from. It, it is in, in those things. But anyway, but I, but I think like you participate in these sort of things that these activities that are socially marginal in a way or, mar or, you, or you are marginalized by these choices that you make. And then all of a sudden you're just you're doing the thing that you love doing no matter what the cost and it becomes a big a good enough habit that look I just I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep doing the thing 
in and okay if i can somehow cobble together a living from it or earn a living through mm-hmm. something else in order to perpetuate you know allow me to keep doing this thing that i really love and then suddenly you get out the other side of it and you're like oh man because i believe the same gentleman once told me that um sooner or later everyone needs to go to the bank <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yep. you know for whatever reason either to make a deposit or to beg for a mm-hmm. fucking loan for a home that you know or whatever that is um and, and it's it, those are hard depending on how deeply ingrained those that habit is um which comes from having done it for a long time it's, it's true it's really difficult to change yeah. and, and i mean my, my 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 two primary examples of that and i consider it you know it's never in a woe is me type of way, but being punished for your process, being punished for your passions is, is something that I, (laughs) I came to grips with really early because in the early nineties or whatever, whatever it was, any involvement in any of those things that, that I was, that I was into made, made you this like weird kind of outcast. And I mean, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a normal, I'm a normal looking, you know, white person in upstate New York. I'm not an anomaly in any type of way, but I got treated as such immediately. Wait, wait, you're talking about right now or you're no, talking no, about back, back then? Back then, okay. back then. And, and, and okay. Cause I'm saying it, there's a place in upstate New York. <laughs> no, no, Damn. I'm, I'm taking that's this where they all went. That's right. <laughs> no, ba- ba- back then, back then, um, ba- back I'm, then. And, I'm, and the, 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 I'm an ass, the, mostly. the, the, dif- the difference in, the, the response to me when I was a seventh and eighth grade standout lacrosse player to when I was a ninth grade BMX bike rider, hardcore kid yeah. was so pronounced and, and severe and, you know, kind of caustic and sometimes violent that, that I, I learned early that, that you were, you were paying to play in a way that you had to be committed to, or you would have gone back. Um, I, I mean, you, you, didn't have much margin for error there. You, you either committed or you didn't. Wait, lacrosse in seventh grade, hardcore BMX by ninth grade. So in two years, you went from a fucking polo shirt to. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, mean I, I just I I was you know f- where I grew up it was just it was sports you know so you played sports yeah. you went outside you did whatever you wanted and and that was the one that I that I got okay at, um, and then and, and, you know and, and lacrosse sort of I guess it's it's a Iroquois, Iroquois Indian origination, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, yeah, so yeah, it's like the it's kind of like the local sport, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not even, I'm not I'm, going anywhere oh. near that one. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that it's Are like you talking it, about appropriating it, somebody's sport. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just talking about like lacrosse got was exported to the West, but it originated. I, I, and yeah, I want to say that, sort of in the that is absolutely true. In, okay, yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Yep. As as far as like, yeah, it was a local sport. It and, just and, and came then, along, and, and and then really the the overnightness yeah. of it all was was going to the grocery store with a with a with a mind that would that would acknowledge it, and, and you know, seeing an old skateboard magazine, old BMX magazines, and and that was it. You, hmm. you you literally open it, and the next day everything's different forever. Oh yeah, and and that's that that's exactly what happened, and so you had to think about the fact that you had just found something that had totally captivated your attention that was polarizing you from everyone that you were used to being kind of seamless associates with. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you have any friends that were into BMX at the time? Or was it you no, what, found a magazine and that's what... That's right. 
Yep. And then, mm. and then, so right away there was, there was no friends that were even doing that similar thing. There was a couple people that I met subsequently, of course, and then down, down the yeah. road. But at first, you know, it's a pretty, it was a pretty, it was a pretty isolating couple of decisions. And then hardcore at that time was, was so interesting. Older kids would take me <clears throat> to different shows and different places. And, you know, at that time, again, like late eighties, early nineties, you just watch, you're just watching what seems like it must be a movie unfolding and then going back to suburban school and it was just it was it was really interesting i I wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for for the world and i feel that my timing was such luck that i got to see all this crazy stuff unfold but but it it put right in perspective the 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 (laughs) the marginality (laughs) of the choices um and then when i when i started philosophically right so then when i started booking shows then the financial commitment became an issue because no no one ever thought booking a show was a good idea anyone that you talk to that had any sense in your head in their heads would tell you to not book hardcore because you're not going to make any money if you have to prepay any of the bands they're never going to pay you back and so my 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 decision making was always do i want to see this band yes is anyone else going to bring them here no. Have I done my diligence to at least know that I have a place for them to play and something for them to scream into? Yes. Done. And and uh, so I mean, Mark, one of the, Mark, did you just shotgun me on a URL? Uh, <laughs> I, I literally I, had it. No, yeah. I just I totally got. I just yeah. just distracted you with the Jedi mind trick, See, and I, then snaked it out from under you. Yes. I, so I've got dot club in my. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. See, I was thinking about dot club, but and dot Jesus. life and marginal activities dot you know whatever the Modern fuck. Activities. And then I just yeah. went for dot com because it you know that's great. Yeah, so that's, great. that's good. So so this evening's podcast, the purchase. The, wait a second, <laughs> that was available. Oh, yeah. marginalactivities.com? dot com. Fuck yeah, get out of here. Oh, yeah. I'm, come he, on. He who has that. Have, I have dot club. Who who would have? purchased that did, did, and this thought bring, there was like any reason other than just like wasting $10.88 a year for the rest of their this, fucking life. This brings me so back no to a common recurring it. theme, which is why have people not thought about this yet? Well, yeah. Because anyway, they're not here. Anyway. Yeah, they're not True. in this room with this. Because they're doing something productive. That, that, <laughs> that, that idea of like booking the band because you want to, you know, you want to see them yeah. and you want to share sort of this this experience that you're going through with other people or make it available to other people for them to discover um, takes me back to something you said at The Wake, which was, I like contributing to things that I like looking at. Yeah. I, and the, yeah. and the, you just you know just shift that a little bit. I like contributing to things that I like listening to. Yeah. Um, and, and to have that even, yeah, okay, you lose money on booking bands like that or whatever, but just imagine the... The, the the impact that one show like you you like hit found the BMX magazine your life was different from one day to the next some kid shows up at that show that you put on his life and for better or worse Man, you I, know you're I, just like I think about that all the time I think about yeah. that all the time the the the, the down chain repercussions of the small things that I saw and and some of the people in those scenes that 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 put on me or or that that were either courteous or discourteous to me in yeah. specific ways that stayed with me that 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 developed my social fabric for the next 
you know, 20 plus years of my life. Yeah. I mean, none, none, of, none of that can be overstated. I mean, I, for me, just like the influence of that, of that concert or a music or something like that, because there, there was a period I have been going to live shows all my life, but, and some of them, I mean, I'm not now, I'm just like, as the, uh, Billy Corgan, I heard him say the other day, the good thing about turning 50 is I don't give a fuck what you want. Um, <laughs> and so now I'm just like, I'm fully willing to admit every show that I ever saw. And, but there was a period of, you know, so I, all those prog rock bands from the seventies. I mean, I saw Rush three fucking times. Nice. I, I attended, <laughs> yes, my first show was Queen. The, the the upside of that was that Thin Lizzy opened, yeah. and that turned cool. You know that was like, hey, hey, hey come you know, on! You're, but you're disrespecting my people right here. So. <laughs> did you see the knife he has? Is he careful? Yeah. <laughs> did, did, he has. This is a weird. I like, can probably get to my firearm faster, but but then I have that here too. But but, but then all it took. It's just a small one though. I know, um, I know. But then all it took was I uh, I had a stepbrother and he. Um, played Give Him Enough Rope by The Clash for me. Ooh. One day to the next, life totally changed. I had 113 mm. vinyl records of, of of those bands, Rush and Peter Gabriel and Yes and Emerson Lake Palmer and all that. <laughs> Took them to the record store, sold them all, oh, you know, wow. at a loss, obviously. Um, and the first two albums that I bought, you know, first one I bought was Give Him Enough Rope because that was the most amazing, shocking thing I ever heard. And then I bought a couple of Ramones records and then I realized I didn't know any further down that path. I needed, <laughs> I needed like a music yeah. mentor all of a sudden, but, but it was that, it was one thing. It was, I heard one record Yep. and I That's went awesome. down so that path. It's, the, inc so it's the inciting it's, incident that really any good story has. And yes. it's, 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 I, I, I think a lot about when, when I know I'm going to talk to people that I respect about things that I've done or seen or thought, I want to make sure that I'm not fictionalizing any of it because I think that's the only time that the process loses credibility is if everything becomes this this like glamorous fishtail. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm extra cautious to not do that. But when, when there really is that, then it really explains a lot about the person that you're, that you're hearing talk or that you're listening to talk. I mean, you, 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 can't, you can't fake an organic finding of something that has changed your entire life. You yeah, can, and you, can, you can't ever go back and say, oh, I intended this to happen, or I sprung <laughs> yeah, fully formed so, as a yeah, suburban punk rocker yeah, that's right. or whatever, you know, like, yeah. So, so here's a question, like, there's a very clear, like, musical discovery, which became a pivotal moment. You've just described one, Mark. I Gro mean, music is, it seems it to be- Groovy Ghoulies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What I, was my, it? I went to Groovy Ghoulies. It's like the first show that I ever went to. And I was like, holy fuck. And I'd listened to some, like my brother was super into hardcore, super into punk rock. So I'd heard some of it and I liked a lot of it. But going to a show, I understood finally that this is a different like fabric. Yeah. And then that, re like being in a different environment and seeing that people like, oh, they're kind of like weird like me. And they don't like, I, I don't know, it just made it made sense. And that reinvested all my like, oh, now I like punk rock. Mm. Now I like hardcore. Now I like metal. <clears throat> I think the the interesting thing that you brought up is the notion of the inciting incident, mm -hmm. yeah. which you might want to check on. Did we blow the budget already? <laughs> no. well, I spent but, a dollar seventeen. Let me contribute to that one if that's available. Yeah, if that's available, then we're just we just have to sit around so, thinking of domain names. I think this yeah. would down to. this could holistically change if people just took this concept and in and not just the music thing, but you started this whole thing off by talking about. I really am interested in this. I need to make my life work around it. Mm -hmm. How we are conditioned to live a life is generally like 
get as much of this money thing as possible and then you can buy all the shit that you want and you can have all the hobbies you want it's just like work as hard as possible through your capable years and that way you can retire as a fat fucking disgusting old person and i think if you re you re-engineer these things and you teach kids like hey what do you like doing figure like be very um like teach the ingenuity that goes into figuring out how you can construct a living and then live by those means whatever they cost because i think that uh, like the most successful people that i hear about have engineered their life like that whether but they know but, they, but the thing is they haven't engineered it it's, it's it, 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 it yeah, has yeah, yeah. happened it, that has and to be well, said but it has to be acknowledged like, you can't i i no it was as you stated greg it ha- this thing happened organically and right. then you can't go back and then sort of fabricate it and say oh i intended it or 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 this or that and, and therefore i don't like i think we could maybe teach people to be you know more sense like to pay attention to be more sensitive to these the, the, the opportunities of the inciting incident yep. um w- w- which i think is good but but i i think all a lot of the things like where we accident where the inciting incidents that let's say and, and i'm sure that each of us has experienced you know one or more in their lives hmm. you weren't looking for it you weren't no. trying no. to engineer it or steer it or something it was just something that hit you in the back of the head and said wake the fuck up yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. maybe engineering is the wrong word other than the fact that if you can identify what you like doing, you can then make plans to like figure it out. But we spend so uh, – before the public schooling system falls to shit anyway, we should probably think about what we're actually teaching kids. Like, but you didn't. But you don't. But you don't. Generally, when like the most the most influential or, or, or important inciting incidents that happen in our lives, we don't know what we like. And generally, yeah, yeah, the inciting yeah. incident stumble. brings us, yeah. we stumble upon something or it provides us, exposes us to something that we had no idea ex- maybe even existed in a way. And, and, maybe, mean, school, and maybe I'm just could, old and looking back and, 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 and no, at a time I, of I less think, opportunity. No, maybe but, like, is, like is, a, a, is the wrong word for it because it's just being something that you want to be a part of necessarily. You don't even have to enjoy it. Like, I don't fucking enjoy running, but like you want to be a part of it at some point domain it it seems like school school could do a better job at helping with goal identification in a more personalized way with kids but but until that happens uh they're going to find what they find they're going to like what they like they're not going to really think too much about it as a career because that's just not how most people are built that's not how their family structure is some people are but most people aren't they're they're programmed exactly as you guys said which was which is find the money by any means necessary and use the money later Mm -hmm. when you've already cashed in all your chips in a sense and that that's even thematically one of the things that that hardcore was great at is is sometimes very overly simplified ways of saying you're young now don't miss it take this opportunity kick this door down whatever the case is and that was a hate breed song right and that <laughs> and that's uh that they stole from the 50 bands before them the, 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 posse yeah. core yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 re- really what a legitimate concept and what an important yeah. concept to hear as a youth is is other kids that look like you saying don't miss this opportunity you you will regret it if you do um that's 
well, it hit me it hit me in an ultra simple way but an effective way uh matthew weatherly who was just on here a fascinating he brought up this example uh business-wise because he's an investor of sorts and he brought up this guy who really loved playing guitar and he wanted to open up a guitar shop and, and here the idea okay so the guy identifies as a guitar player right like or that's the thing that he loves so he really is do, trying to do what we're talking about doing which is like turn his thing that he loves into a monetary thing so he can survive um but instead of just i'm not talking about just doing that because i think that that okay who gives a shit you want to open a guitar store you want the simple version what i think we should have been taught is to think critically about how these things are appropriate because essentially that guy ended up bringing to his attention like, hey, you'd only have to outfit the entire population of this city every five years with a guitar. That's no problem, right? Like, oh, fuck, my, this thing just fell apart. But instead finding like, well, how do I be a part of this thing? Like your dream may not be yeah. economically viable. However, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna tell you not to do it because yeah. it's your dream. And if, and, if, and if it's important enough, you'll figure it out. Like if, if, if it's a living, breathing thing, if it's something like you love it so much, you cannot exist without this, then the fact that, you know, the, you know, the guy trying to talk economic sense into you, um, <laughs> right. it, it falls on deaf ears. I mean, you think about if, what if someone tried to reverse engineer the impracticality of some of the things that you've gotten yourself into, you know, I mean, it, it it's, it would have sounded like nonsense words to you because it just doesn't fucking matter. There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a departure from common sense and conventional sensibility that is mandatory. It's almost like a survival instinct. And it's, it's almost like, okay, I'm a relatively smart guy and I could hear those words and I go, yes, everything you say is correct. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Right, right. <laughs> that, 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 that's the short I, version of what I, I was just I, saying. I think, I think essentially is, 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 okay, this matters enough. I'm willing to give it a try. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can survive. And a, a story <laughs> that, that immediately brings to mind based, based on your integrity poster is, and, and relating to what we talked about is, is one, one of the bands that I brought to Rochester for the first time uh, wasn't, was Integrity when I was younger. And when they came out, they were, notor they were notorious. They were notoriously violent irresponsible, hard to deal with. And I wanted to see them so badly because they had changed the landscape of how hardcore sounded. There, there was all this kind of, you know, positive, you know, not innovators, only- they're innovators. Sure. Yeah, they're yeah. total, total, total innovators in, in a way that would never again go and, and look that way. Um, nothing, nothing even since has sounded like they sounded when they came out. Um, but anyway, short of that, we wanted to see them badly. I wanted to bring them. That was that. We bu we booked a place, bu booked the band. None of that was a small feat at the time. Bought the insurance. Well, so so they they <laughs> called they called a couple days before the show. Their van had died, and the only way they were going to be able to come was if I at the time Western Union them whatever three hundred dollars or whatever the money was at the time, which which at the time for me was all my money on the planet earth and probably some that I had stolen from someone else. And so my choice was Western Union, the riskiest band in hardcore, this money that they are more than likely going to take and never show up for the show or send them the money, hope like hell that they're actually what their lyrics are about. And yeah, what happens? I send them the money, they come in, destroy the show. The guy who I was booking the show with, uh, Chris Smith, 
um, couldn't even come because the car they had to rent would only hold four because they had to bring their equipment. And and then the the other interesting lesson of the story is the now dead shitbag club owner was trying to not pay me for the money the show made, which means I couldn't have paid the band and made my money back. And the Melnicks, the guitar, the guitarist and the bassist for Integrity, uh, squared him away with me present and bought me a pizza afterwards. So, so <laughs> it, it was it was really like this. It was really like this kind of this really interesting like five fold lesson, and and that that was that was also just a blueprint for how I handled anything we booked after that. None of it ever really made any adult money, but we were at least savvy enough to know okay we're risking this but it's a calcul it's a calculated risk in an uncalculatable environment and and that was that was really it you know fucking beautiful that is awesome i got to write that down <laughs> i mean I j just the idea that okay i'm i'm trusting that these guys are uh singing truthfully <laughs> About the, about their own personal sort of integrity. They right. Send us the three hundred dollars. We'll make it there. We will make. We right. will. You know. We'll put the Chris guy in the trunk. You know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like. The, they, we'll, we we will get there. We will do the show. We will make sure this thing. If you you know you believe in us, you you extend yourself at at, at great personal cost to us. We will repay that. And, and I mean that is that was a long time ago at this point. And I will never yeah. I will never forget that. I mean that that was a that was a that was a scale tipper, man. If that went the other direction, that could have easily changed my entire perception on the whole thing. On on life, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Because when yeah. you yeah, put up all your money for something that uh, yeah, that doesn't come off. You believe you, in, you know, and, yep. and 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 your fellow man disappoints you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been in I've been in that I've been in that boat too, but that was not one of those times. It's cool. It's one. It's one of those things that I think that that is pretty common between us, and and whether it's commitment to whatever we're doing, and whether it's like we, we find these things. I don't think any of us um, had plans to fall into fitness. You you <laughs> kind of mentioned that earlier. It just kind of happened. It was, but it, it happened because we had a passion for it. At least I am speaking for, for myself. Something. For something, yeah, and then one of the cool things and common threads it seems like is whatever we're a part of, we, we appreciate and respect commitment. And also, uh, we could completely be consumed what we enjoy, which can be a, uh, a both a positive and a negative, uh, depending, depending on, depending on how marginal it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's a dangerous game. That, 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 that voluntary consumption is, I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, to bring me back down to the 0% fun level. I mean, I, 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 I uh, in a non-romantic, non-trivial way, know that, that I, I will not live a relaxed Parisian retirement life. I, I mean, I, I just know that that's a fact. Um, my, my body is broken. I'm crazy. Um, I'm, I'm what the things I'm doing now, I'm going to work hard enough at them that they either make an impact or kill me. And, and I don't say that to be tough or weird or anything. It's just the, it's just the facts. I'm, I'm, I'm too far down the rabbit hole, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and that's just, that's just that. Um, so the, the ticket is bought. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's yep. not a four hundred one k ticket. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, that that opened a record store in Rochester, New York. 
uh, don't do that. It's a terrible idea. Oh. <laughs> the 401k from my one real job. That's what, that's what, that's, that's what, what that did. did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's kind of uh, all the stuff that you're saying, like all the stories and the, it, it, there's so many similarities between like you said something like people fall into fitness and I don't think you got into it necessarily. You, you saw it as like, Oh, this is a, a tool where we could explore the thing that I really love, which is, you know, directing human emotion almost mm -hmm. like, I think that's what hardcore music does for most people that I know is just like, it is a very violent, albeit powerful directionary tool for emotion. And you get like, it's not, we're not allowed to get that out through other uh, vices generally. And fitness is sometimes the same thing. I think like people come in here and they can do things physically and they leave and they feel different. And that's kind of, you know, throwing a jump kick in a show and kicking somebody in the face. It's your friend. You leave and you feel different. And maybe not because of that, but because of the environment that was around it. I, I, I agree with what you said up until the jump kick. I think it's an excellent point right up until that. Like the like the the, the physicality of well, whatever they moshing or whatever the hell they call it now, I, I would think is like a, a distant second to that like visceral like psychological response that that and this done properly can can create and and you're right there's very few other things that can get people there yeah. and you you see clearly when people have never been there and their first kind of introduction Ex exposure to it that's yeah. right that's oh, right yeah. you, you 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 paved the road from the beginning in that realm you know even even um even crossfit having predated Whoa. Jim Jones, um, it, it it's it it didn't do what you did to people um, for better for better or worse, and 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 that's that's got a more musical style feel to it than than anything. And, and I think that's maybe you know in in a sense in the beginning what we were looking for is just like the, the, the many of the activities or the the um, inciting incidents that had occurred in my life were like well. And I wasn't thinking necessarily that oh I want to provide that opportunity for people that wasn't it, that that wasn't it. it's just like th this is just how it is like if you, if we're gonna you know participate in this activity in this way it needs to be done with this requisite level of commitment mm -hmm. because there were certain you know I mean and and um, I, I I I borrowed seamlessly from that you know I, I'll thank you again for that That's, I, that was. And and I will just I'd have to say thank you. I mean I'll say you're welcome first, but then thank you because it's it for for me it it was the that that thing that was okay. I go into the mountains. There's a certain level of commitment required, and then the return is is enormous. Going to I mean and since I was not participating in the hardcore scene, but in the punk scene in Seattle, which wasn't as obviously well-developed as some other areas, but still, you know, I mean, I, I do remember quite well um, a gun club show where, you know, it was violent enough up front that I left the, the venue with no shirt and one of my shoes had gone missing. <laughs> like, yep. like it was, so there was a sort of a level of commitment to go up front that like yeah you could go to you could go and you could experience that music and be in the back and it would be a different thing but if you're up there and when the you know jeffrey lee pierce shakes his head and the sweat comes you down and that's what you're getting wet with that's like a level of 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 participation that i wanted um 
to exact in the gym in the beginning. It was like, this mm-hmm. is what, you know, mm-hmm. you need, that, that's why you have to stand on the porch. That's why you need burial, you know, all the fucking bullshit that went with that. But it was like, look, you want to be in here, demonstrate how badly you want to be in here and then be open to the experience of being here and being transformed because you are the one who is essentially transforming yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> now, now knowing that, uh, because of whatever injuries or whatever the case is, I'm, I'm never going to be in certain ways as strong as I want to be. I have to approach my training like that every single day in order to be even where I can be now. And, and that's, 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 that's crucial. I mean, there's, there's gotta be like, um, there's gotta be like an actual level of self-sacrifice that, that takes comfort or moment to moment want of what you should be doing or what you, what you prefer to do off the table completely and, and bring it to what, what you said, which is, which is really how, how badly do you want to make that tiny notch in the bedpost? And, and that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I think basically music and proper training are a few of the only things that can really get people there, um, in a, in a non-chemical way, you know, <laughs> Touché. Yeah. <laughs> and in even, even being up, even being up front or in a show or being in a show, being at a show where there's the potential for violence or there's a the potential for police involvement or anything like that. Even that is a level of commitment that, that most people have at least thought a little bit about before walking in the door. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and especially when shows in in a certain era were, um, when that style, when the style of music was, and I guess it goes back to the, you know, the, 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 the beginning of rock and roll in a sense. And, and, so what we are talking about are sort of variations on the um, we don't want this in our town kind of idea or we don't want this. Here's the venue that you get to play if, if that is the style of music that, yeah. that you play yeah. and, yep. um, and, and, and relegated not just due to the size of the audience, but it's like, okay, yeah, we got this sacrifice property <laughs> that that's yeah. where we let the punk bands and the hardcore bands play because yeah. we know what's going to happen. I mean, they were, they were, they were calibrating potential risk and, 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 yeah. and I, I totally, I totally get that. And we experienced that. We experienced that many times, un- understandably even, <laughs> um, because I mean, you know, I guess what what I came up in would be considered second wave hardcore. Okay, and, and so for first first wave hardcore p- paved the way in some ways, but most mostly from a quote unquote business side of things, negative ways. Conceptually, music wise, amazing, but as far as the the risks perceived by a club trying to book bands people attending shows things like that that still all existed when i started participating in, in booking shows and things like that so i mean vfw halls and and you know various like church annexes and, and all this kind of stuff was what it was relegated to basically because from an attendance standpoint but also from a potential risk standpoint conventional clubs were not going to we're not going to rent rent you their space yeah. you know i mean we we would we would moonlight as you know, security for certain clubs in order to um, rent the space for cheaper the next month. But realistically, that was one in a one in a million. Usually, what yeah. we'd end up doing is renting a VFW and not telling them that bands were going to play there. Um, and 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 that's 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 how the wheels turned at the time. You know, but anyway. <laughs> 
I think that we've touched on a lot of different things, but when we're, when we're talking about risk and consequences and commitment, we talked about injuries. It's, it's funny. Um, I'm drawn to that stuff and I, and I, I like people to experience that as well. It's one of the reasons you talked about, uh, people getting injured on boxes. Mm -hmm. It's the, I am really apprehensive and I don't think I will ever have a, a foam box in here because I appreciate <laughs> that it requires, there's risk to it. Right. It requires you to be committed and there's consequences if you fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, yeah, we don't want like a nerf padded world because it, it, you, it doesn't allow you to delineate between who is willing to take the risk and who isn't. Yeah, it's a, it's a way to, because if, if we care about ourselves and we, we care about the, the people that are around us, um, if you insulate, 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 then you're not doing them any favors. You know what I mean? If, if, if they're, if they're able to, um, overcome or, or be a part of something that there is a little bit of risk and there is some consequences and it does take commitment. I think that's a much valuable, it's, it's about like doing something that's meaningful outside of, of the, of the show outside of the, the gym opposed to, um, trying to protect everybody in the environment and, and not giving a shit about what happens after or outside of, of, of whatever environment you're in. And well, it's participation. It's true participation versus moonlighting. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a theme that all of us have thought and, and probably talked about a lot. That, that calculated risk in an uncalculated environment is fucking golden. I, I, that's, that's so awesome to me. And it's a big thing, um, even in, aside from the gym and, and shows or whatever we're doing, it's a big thing in, in, in my other jobs as a firefighter too. I mean, that's of course bread you and butter is like, you have it's to, fire. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to realize that, um, there's inherent risk. And I think maybe all of us in here are kind of also drawn to that, um, uh, and, and the, the best we can do is is try to be prepared uh, to over or, or exactly what you said. Um, take calculated risk in an uncalculated environment. I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Ross, you're especially thoughtful over there. L lots to think about. He's wondering what Lambert was barking about. Oh, I, I, I'm I, just like, what was the bum outside? I can yeah. honestly say that Lambert has defended the grounds. Cool. He scared <laughs> off a hobo that was trying to set up shop on the on nice. the front of the building. Nice. He got after it. He's not a frightening dog for some reason. But what? Frightening enough? To frightening. See <laughs> yeah, that's right. I look at him like he's, he's a pushover, but he is a 35-pound uh, spring with teeth. <laughs> like <it's> Look <laughs> how quick he tried to choke Paul. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they started wrestling, he went for the choke immediately. You call that choking. He, he, know, he knows for you. Yeah. that there are a lot of variables, but everyone has a back. He was rape choking. <laughs> it was a uh, yeah. non-consensual choke. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, a that's a le le legit move. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tried. I tried. I tried to not have us go there, but it didn't work. Yeah. I tried to defund that little segment, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Ton it was too, too fun for me to stop it. Fun. Anything? Anything else? No. That's yeah. that's anything no, else that's you want to cover? I, I. I mean, no. I feel like I feel like this kind of went exactly what we kind of joked about earlier, which is it. It is been a while now and doesn't feel like it. And and thank you for that. Yeah, that, that's excellent. I, I um, 
I was quite looking forward to you coming back through, and, and I realize you're headed further west, but <laughs> you're going to have to head back east, and we're in the way. So I know, I'm looking forward to it. We will see you again. And, 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 and it'll be two weeks from now, so, I mean, all of this may have changed since I made most of this up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Did, your origin story changes. Yeah. That would be the best yeah. part. No, that's what well, actually, I grew every, up in. Every visit to Reno results in a change in one's origin story, <laughs> at least for you know law enforcement. Oh, but my gosh. That, that does actually, that's probably true from people that are headed here from reno as we speak exactly i urge you to stop in wendover all of you and experience utah's vegas it's still nevada but it's utah's vegas it's fucking terrible no 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 thank you if you've ever wanted to be served um boxed wine um, from a 60-year-old waitress who's still showing off what she got, mm-hmm. Wendover's the place for you. Hey, look, I was, I, I honestly, I was thinking about taking a trip to Wendover. <laughs> okay, because I was driving, I was, you know, they got that billboard on 6th South, mm. which, which, uh, Pepperdine Concert Hall. Pepper Mill. Oh, Pepperdine. Pepper Mill. Pepper Mill. And so I'm driving by and I'm like, Wow, Brian Setzer's Rockabilly Orchestra, or whatever he's <laughs> oh, calling yeah. it right now, <laughs> and and I'm just like, fuck! I saw the Stray Cats, nice. like during the tour of that original album, which must have been '82, and that motherfucker probably learned. He he was an okay guitarist then. I yeah. thought that motherfucker can strum it now in Wendover. Yeah. But Which is the weird, like, that's where, get, you know, unfortunately, you see someone, because th- the previous one that was up before him, I think it was like the Isley Brothers or something. Oh, yeah, the Isley Brothers, and, with, and one's bald. And, and, the, other and one. the other one's blind, and the yeah. other, you know, I don't even know if they're brothers <laughs> anymore. But I just well, like, wow, this is where, this, this like, the casino tour yeah. is sort of the tail end, I believe, of the tail end. Of <laughs> like a musician's career, or the the tour Ta- you go did you on, mean tailspin. The ta- yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking more of like the taxman tour, you know, kind of thing. Like Jeez. that's where you're like, ah, shit. Yeah, because uh, the royalties keep coming in and you, you know, the it lifestyle and so, whatever. But but I, but I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, Brian Cesar went over. I don't know. Might be worth it. Might be worth it. It's not maybe, that far. Maybe that's a stop on the the Greg tour <laughs> oh uh, 2020. Oh, wait, well, wait. We need to see if the, if some dates like if they coalesce. If, they, if yeah. it corresponded well. If it, we, we can because look. Because I would love to take you into that show. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there's there's so much there's so much to segue off of this such as the fact that I could not identify major rock acts one from the other until like 6 months ago when someone from the gym gave me a bunch of classic rock. Wow. So I grew up in this weird little bubble of finding things in some level too early. Yeah. And so that may have been developed but a lot of other stuff uh, maybe a little bit under so uh, un- underdeveloped. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say identifying Brian Sesser as like a major rock act. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's so like you, identifying you're... Eddie Money as a game changing rock act. <laughs> Ooh, jeez, <laughs> oh, who I've also seen. Oh, yeah. No, 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 yeah, on a broken <clears throat> leg in Salt Lake City because he was here for the Olympics and he broke his leg skiing like two days before, but he still needed that tax money. Audio speed no Ronnie Spector anywhere to be seen. <laughs> Say that again. I, Audio Speedwagons coming in May. Oh, my God. I have not seen I, any of those guys, but my first concert I ever saw was Neil Diamond. 
Whoa, that's a good one. Yeah, that's oh, good. oh, that's solid. Drop the mic. It was my my mom <laughs> like took me, and it was amazing. Yeah, the lasers, everything. It was it was glorious, and that was what inspired <laughs> the sequence me that I was wearing to. <laughs> have we talked about on the podcast when I played nothing but Neil Diamond for twenty four <laughs> hours in the gym? Because it was it was glorious, hmm. and the point is if if you can, if you I, can my move, mouth is hanging open. Oh, I need to physically if you can shut it with my can, hand. That is if you so can move awesome. big weight or pull some big wattage listening to Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. You are a fucking dude. I will fuck I, shit I up to solitary I man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, just the, there there will be a great intersect for the Pepper Mill concert hall for you, Greg. Oh, okay. Uh, April 7th. Okay. Evening of Righteous yep. Brothers. Perfect. Whoa. Perfect. Oh, man. I did invite him to Sick of It All as well, just in case he's okay. out and about. And I gave a vague answer, not a no, Yeah. which tells you a lot about me. It's going to be in a venue that's slightly larger than this room. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really, that's, that's, it, it'll be super, it'll be, that's really a no, that's their, that's their cup of tea, man. It yeah. has been since I was a kid. We, we were talking today about the fact that I saw on the internet that a shirt that I have uh, from what was basically their, their first larger tour, not their first actual tour, but, but, you know, Blood, Sweat, and No Tears tour, a shirt that I have from that was one of my first um, hardcore shows like that was, was some Holy Grail shirt. And and that made me think about the fact that they are still a great band, and in yeah. this in this genre, to still be a great band after that long is, is and to still be physical in during their performance, physical, which yes. is and they and they credit yeah they've stayed true throughout like, That's training cool training yeah you know it's incredible it's incredible their ability to keep keep playing shows the way that they did I've seen a, a couple acts that. I had big hopes for and uh, seen him on the stage and like, oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. it just yeah. not, you can't do it anymore. Like yeah. you shouldn't. That is, that is also definitely stand, way more the, the rule than the exception. Sick of it all is the, is the exception. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are still, yeah. That's, just I always ferocious. think of like physical bands. I always think of bleeding through. Because he's just so hyper vigilant about doing front tuck rolls on stage. Well, <laughs> I told you that was my favorite show was um, Bleeding Through, open for Danzig. That's the House nice, of Blues nice in lineup. Vegas, and Doyle made an appearance. It was it was awesome. It was it was great. Good. And I physically remember before I left um, the hotel room to go. I'm like, oh, these are my good shoes. I need to put on my other shoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, you might walk out without a shirt and a missing and, shoe. Exactly. And a missing, missing shoe. I, I, mean, I fucking anything. loved that shirt, too. It was like this vintage bowling shirt. Like, for some reason, and I think it said it had, it had some, I think it was like Steve was embroidered yeah. on the front or something. I can't nice. remember, but it was like a, like a rayon. Or, I've got one of those. Oh, I'll, like, I'll give you it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'll find it. But it, I, I, and I remember sort of the instant, I just have that like that snapshot of the buttons <laughs> going through the air in the, in the lights from the stage as this thing was just like, I was, it was being removed while I was being thrown somewhere, as I recall. <laughs> is, is, this, is, this, is this where we close it out where I say a story I've never shared with anyone, which is when I went to see, it was either Creator or Overkill, even before I went to see that Sick of It All show. So I was a kid. Um, I would tie my life's a beach hat to the tag of my t-shirt <laughs> because I loved the hat 
and didn't want to lose it and was scared to death of the environment that I was oh, going yeah. into. I always would <laughs> take off my hat and hold it because yeah. I always wear a hat and I would just hold it because I knew it was, it was not going to stay it was on gone. my head. So it was in my hand. Like, <laughs> at least it was in my hand. Well, mine was tied to my shirt, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like chums for your hat. <laughs> nice. Yes. Perfect. On, on that, on that note i feel like i'm gonna walk out of this podcast room sometimes with a shoe missing and a shoe torn off. <laughs> so, it, it won't be today no no i, today I noticed there's gentle. a there's a lock on the door now <laughs> i don't know if that's a where is the key thing. for the door i don't know cool okay okay <laughs> all right so, well on that note i think um thank you thanks thanks again yeah yeah thanks greg yeah. we had a great time thank Appreciate you it. thank you and we'll see you again soon great